Hey folks, JR, back for another episode of Echoes of Shannon Street Case File. It's going to be episode 58, How Many Rounds? We're going to try to account for all the rounds fired by the suspects. How many rounds the suspects fired. Actually, how many rounds the suspects actually had access to. Now, to figure out how many rounds the suspects had access to, we got to figure out how many rounds Officer Swill and Officer Hester had. Now, this right here is a picture. This was taken at the hospital. This is Ray Swill, some of his equipment. Now, as you can see here, he's got that pancake-style holster, and then you see he's got two bullet loops. Each of them holds six rounds, so he's got 12 rounds on his belt. And the reason I bring up the pancake holster is this next photo is going to help us figure out whose holster is who. So right off the bat, we know that all Swill lost was his gun. He, they didn't take any of the rounds off of him before he escaped. Now, I took this picture here in the early 2000s. This is in the property room at 201 Poplar. I was able to take these pictures under the Tennessee Open Records Act. So, as you can see here, this is the equipment, and y'all have seen this picture before. But if you look at the holsters, you see that top holster I've got identified as Swills. You can tell that's his because of the pancake holster. Now, you see the bottom holster and gun belt. You see that's a different style holster. That is not the same as the one Ray Swill had. Also, too, if you'll look, Ray Swill, if you'll remember that picture taken on the table, his bullet loops, he had one on each side of his holster. So you can see one at the back and one at the front. Now the other holster being Bobby Hester's gun belt, you can see he kept both his bullet loops in the front. So going by that, we know Swill's 12 rounds walked out with him. Now if you look at that picture, you'll notice there's a round missing from one of the belt loops. Correction, one of the bullet loops. But now we know from the picture taken that night, that bullet was in the loop. So obviously it was it was either laying there loose somewhere or it's been lost, but we do know the suspects didn't have it because the picture taken that night clearly shows all 12 rounds, even though I think the picture they took, you can't see that far left-hand round, but it was there. Now, on Bobby Hester's gun belt, all his rounds were missing. He had two bullet loops, that's 12 rounds, and his gun, that's six. So that's a total of 18 rounds. Now, don't forget, on Ray Swill's weapon, he had cranked off a round in the front yard, so we only had five in his pistol. So now we're talking about 23 total rounds the suspects had inside the house, live rounds. All right, folks, I thought I'd show you a quick picture. Now, this picture of me with my boss when I was at Big Hill Pond State Park, that's 1984. Now, what I've got on my belt are called dump pouches. And you unsnap, you can see the little silver snaps, you unsnap them and the rounds will fall out to you. Now, my holster is not a good a holster, as good of a holster as the one that 
Swill and Hester had, even though theirs aren't very good either. But the one I've got, as you can see by the title, that, that holster there with the strap across the pistol, that's called a suicide strap. And basically the, the thought was if you're wearing a holster that's got that single strap, you might as well be committing suicide. But anyways, just to show you that the equipment that same time period was basically the same. You had bullet loops and dump pouches. And you had the, the speed strips. You probably ask why I wore a holster like that, because that's what was issued to me. You had to wear that holster. So enough about that. Let's get back to the, let's get back to the real stuff. All right, we're going to quickly go over the uh, firearms evidence that we saw over the past two episodes. Anything with a blue dot's going to be a police round or police bullet hole, green dot suspect, brown dot, it's going to be unknown. This first one here, it's got the green dot. Now, we're pretty sure that's going to be a suspect's round. They, there was a hole in the rear door of the meeting room now that round traveled from north to south so we know that came from the suspects so we had no policemen firing north to south from inside the house that's probably going to be during the shootout with uh, between russ aiken and the suspects all right that bullet number two that's also a bullet traveling north to south you can see it hit the south wall of the lower den. So going north to south, that's also going to be a suspect's bullet hole. And again, that's probably during the firefight between Aiken and uh, the suspects. Now also, it could have been around fired when the tack you didn't enter it as well. But either way, that's going to be a suspect's bullet hole. Then we got number three, a group of three shots into that plate glass mirror in the lower den near the southeast corner. And the lower den, that's, they're, they're referring to the meeting room. Now they're saying they appear to be 223 rounds, which they could be. Watson cranked off some rounds when he first stepped in. He was clearing by fire, but also it could have been shots fired by Aiken. After he emptied his pistol, he went out, he reloaded, came back in. He also fired into the meeting room area. So it's a possibility they could be his. Either way, they're going to be police bullets because they're going from west to east, and there would be no suspects on the west side of that room firing back east, or at least none according to the statements. Got a bullet impact. That's also going to be a suspect's probable that it's a suspect's round that hit the iron column. It's going from north to south, so that's either going to be the suspect's firing at Aiken or firing at the TAC unit. And you've got the two bullet holes north side of the lower room divider also traveling north to south. That's going to be suspect's bullets either firing at Aiken or firing at the TAC unit. Number nine, now that's a 38 caliber or an apparent 38 caliber round. It's traveling from west to east. It went down that long hallway from the southwest bedroom and uh, would have either hit the wall, the east wall of the den, or it would have hit Rutherford if 
You'll remember Rutherford was struck in the back by something and knocked down as he was entering the uh, den area. Number 11, bullet hole, an artificial brick paneling. That's in the kitchen. And they believe it was 38 caliber. And it was traveling west to east, which would almost certainly have been fired from the uh, northwest bedroom, fired into the kitchen. Now, I'm thinking that round was probably fired at the tack unit. It's a possibility it could have been fired when Summers was shooting through the window, but he doesn't. He never stated that he remembers being shot at. So I'm going to say that was probably fired at the tack unit. Now you get the three bullet holes in the north wall of the front bedroom. They recovered two of them. They were semi jacket hollow points. So that tells you that was definitely police rounds. But those would have come from Aiken. The TAC unit wasn't firing the pistols. So that would have been three of Aiken's rounds going from uh, south to north. That's number 13. Number 16, the two bullet holes, parent 38 in the south wall of the living room. Said traveling north to south. Now, those had to have come from outside that had to be the police outside shooting I, I can't think of why the suspects would would uh, shoot rounds into the the wall of the living room if they're standing in the living room there wasn't any there was no time they were engaged in a shootout standing in the living room any shooting they did would have been against Aiken and they would have been in the uh, northeast bedroom or the kitchen or the southwest bedroom, and the TAC unit, they were in the southwest or the northwest bedroom. Then number 23, we're not sure about that one, says traveling north to south. It's in that wall between the closet and the hallway of the southwest bedroom. There's no telling who fired that. That could have come from outside just as well, because there is a window in that room. All right, so we had a total of seven bullet strikes that crime scene says probably came from 38s that we can say with a good deal of certainty that they came from the suspect. All right, now we're going to do the casings. We've got, these all would have come from Aiken, number one, number two, and number three. Number one's one live 38 caliber outside the house in the southeast corner, and then you got the five spent casings on the outside, and you remember that's where he did the, his first reload. Then number three, that's the two shotgun shells that were laying on the sidewalk. Those came when he, remember he got the shotgun from another officer, and he broke out the window in the meeting room and fired a couple of times which of course his statement's backed up by the physical evidence because you have the two casings you have to remember the ferret rounds are blue the shotgun rounds he would have fired and ejected would be red in color number 12's two spent 38 special casings were found that south wall and we know those belong to the suspects 
There's no police officers reloaded inside the house. Then you've got a spent 38, the front dresser in that northeast bedroom. So that's that's three inside the northeast bedroom. Then you got five live rounds on the bed in the northeast bedroom. And number 16, you got one live round that's also in the northeast bedroom. Number 18, you got the spent 38, and that's on the floor in the hall in that west wall. That's in the hallway leading from the living room back to the bathroom, the kitchen, and the northwest bedroom. We know that would have come from the suspects. No police officers reloaded inside the house. Number 22, you got the six spent 38 casings. They were found in the northwest bedroom. So we know they belong to the suspect, which indicates they reloaded the guns there. And then number 26, three live rounds. They were found in the pistol that was found in the northwest bedroom. All right, folks. Oh, and by the way, when I say police didn't reload in the house, I'm obviously talking about, or maybe not obviously, but I am talking about reloading a 38 caliber pistol. Okay, number 28, two spent casings in the second pistol that was in the southwest bedroom. And you got the two live 38 caliber hollow points that were found outside near the front porch and then you had another live round northeast corner of the front porch and then three more and they were found near the radio out in the yard now of course those six rounds belong to tommy turner and i think you've seen those crime scene pictures several times now number 32 one flattened spent lead bullet one copper jacket and one copper jacketed lead bullet found on the floor near center of the upper den. That's probably going to be the round that hit Rutherford in the back when he was running towards the uh, kitchen, if I had to guess. That's what knocked him down. Then number 34, you've got the two hollow points that were recovered out of the north wall. I'm pretty sure they came from Aiken when he was firing originally. He's the only one that was firing south to north and that's the only way those two rounds would have gotten to that uh, the north wall of the northeast bedroom now just to recap swill fires one round out in the front yard during the initial fight and if you want to go back and look at that i've got it here in this video but if you want to go back and actually watch the episode it's episode three part two it's at the 12 minute and 47 second mark it's the fifth line from the bottom of the page. So you got five live rounds in Swill's pistol. You got 18 live rounds from Bobby Hester, six in his pistol, and 12 in the belt loops. That's a total of 23 rounds. So suspects had access to 23 rounds of 38 caliber ammo. Now, if you look at the the Totals here, you're sh we're showing 
12 spent 38 caliber cartridge cases and you've got nine live 38 caliber cartridges. That's 21. So somewhere we're missing two. Now anything else you see on the outside obviously wouldn't count. Spent bullets and fragments don't tell you that's which which casing, which round, which anything it came from. So somewhere they just they missed two. So there should have been 23 in the house. Now you figure suspects would have fired 12 to 14 rounds. Now what we're basing that on is crime scene recovered uh, nine live 38 caliber rounds inside the house. Now that's only going to leave 14 possible shots that the suspects could have fired inside the house at best. Since there's two missing, we don't know if it's live rounds or spent rounds. That's why suspects fire between 12 and 14 because we don't know because we don't have the other we don't have the other two casings to know if they're live or spent. Now you figure they fired between the initial shootout with the police at the front of the house and at Aiken, that probably didn't leave a lot of rounds to fire to attack you. Now if you wanted to review Aiken's statement, if you don't want to go back to his episode, you can look at it here. I've got it inside the box. That's talking about rounds he fired with the pistol, the reload, going back in, firing six more, and then getting the shotgun and firing, if you needed to see that part. This is the part of the statement where Rutherford talks about getting hit in the back, knocked off his feet. And as we already went over before, obviously the investigators didn't feel like it was necessary to ask him what part of the house he was in or what he was doing or anything else. But we don't, we're not going to go over that again. I'll just get nauseated thinking about it. But anyways, that's going to cover that part. I, I do believe that that flattened 38 round they found in the den, I believe that's, I believe that did hit Rutherford in the back. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. I probably could have made this a short story and cut it down, but I, I really like the uh, accounting for the rounds and the casings and all that other stuff that goes along with it. So I, I do apologize if I made it too long, but I do enjoy this. But anyways, it, I've been asked that question a lot, how many rounds did the suspects actually have? So if you ever get on Shannon Street Jeopardy, you can now say the suspects had access to 23 rounds. And we do know that they only cranked off no more than 12 to 14. Folks, I appreciate you. We'll see you in a few days. As always, I'll see you down the road.